welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Vayeshev and in this parasha Jacob finally comes to the land of, of Israel, the land of Canaan. He's, he's there, he arrives with his 12 sons and all his flock and all his family to settle down in this precious land. And Jacob is a very interesting character. Most of us are always happy trying to achieve what we need to achieve. If we got there, we're happy. If we were able to get the job, we're happy. If we were able to learn more, we're happy. If we're able to fulfill our dreams, we're happy. But Jacob was a different type of person. He was never content because other people were not well. If a person didn't have food and he knew people didn't have food, he was not uh, enjoying his food. Uh, if he was a very learned man, if he knew people were not as learned, he was not enjoying that he was a learned man. Uh, if, if, a if he became a millionaire and he knew there was people who had no money, he would not enjoy his fortune. This was a characteristic of, of Jacob. He was a merciful person. He was a person of compassion and of a lot of feeling towards other people. So, so such a person as Jacob, of the three founding fathers of, of, of the Jewish nation, only Jacob's name is divided into Jacob and Israel. He holds two names. Jacob is the name that <clears throat> is the struggle, is the Jacob that struggles, is the Jacob that is trying to achieve, is trying to become a better person, he's always wor uh, working on his growth, on his personal growth, and, um, and Israel is the Jacob that has achieved. So when we read the Torah portion, sometimes it, it refers to him as Jacob, and sometimes it refers to him as Israel. So when it refers to him as Jacob, is that Jacob that is never-ending struggle in his life. And then when he talks about Israel, it's talking about a person that has been able to accomplish. So these two names are synonymous also with the Jewish people because the Jewish people are never tranquil. We're, we never come to have serenity in our lives. It's a never-ending battle. Since the day we're born till the, the day we leave this world, a Jew is always in a constant battle, constantly working on himself, constantly perfecting the world, constantly doing what he needs to do. And Jacob lived not an, an individualistic life, nor were his and individual struggles and aspirations. His earthly life and these were but the beginnings of the 35 uh, centuries saga of the of the Jewish people so it all begins with him and it's in our DNA so this explains the meaning of the rather curious statement but they say that that it's done in the in the Torah where it says Jacob settled in the land of the sojournings of his fathers and um, the, the Rashi in his commentary he describes uh, in a way that says that Jacob sought to settle in tranquility but then the troubles of Joseph began and when the righteous seek tranquility says the Midrash God says it is not enough for the righteous what is prepared for them in the world to come that they also seek tranquility in this world so we see here that it was indeed the night 
to Jacob to have tranquility at the end of his life. He never had it. The only time he really had this serenity, this tranquility was the last 17 years of his life when he lived in, in Egypt and uh, where they, they had no troubles. But nevertheless, he, had, he was always in, in constant motion, in constant struggling. So we see here that the, the psalmist in, in, Psalm, in Psalm 145 says, God does the will of those who fear him. <clears throat> Anything that a tzaddik decrees, Hashem has to do. So, and why is the desire for tranquility denied to Jacob? Why is he not granted this desire? If what a tzaddik wants, Hashem grants. And in this case, Hashem didn't grant him what he wished for. So why couldn't he really enjoy this, this tranquility in his lifetime? So the, the insights of, um, of the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, uh, given by uh, Yanki Tober in the Inside Story, his book, The Inside Story, he explains to us that what Jacob was seeking not, was not to retire. It was not like this person that has worked 60, 70 years. He has amassed a small fortune, has a, a savings, and suddenly he decides he wants to not work again and start playing golf and travel with his wife and buy that new house he always dreamed of. No, this is not what Jacob was aspiring to. What Jacob wanted was the ultimate peace. He wanted the ultimate peace, the union of spirit and substance. He wanted that the world should come to an eternal rest. He wanted Messiah. This is what he yearned for. So an initial immediate granting of Jacob's request for a struggle-free existence would have resulted in a lesser tranquility. And the Reb explains that the purpose of Jacob's life was not tranquility. His purpose was to build the blocks for the Jewish people to go down into Egypt, to be exiled, to later on be redeemed from Egypt, and all this uh, history unfolding for the last 35 centuries of the Jewish people uh, is what he started. He started this because Hashem doesn't want to bring Mashiach just because. He really wants us to earn Mashiach. He really wants us to come to, a, to, the, to, to have Mashiach in the world, the Messianic era, should be because of our efforts and our work. It should not be a free ride. So, so it says here that it would have resulted in a lesser tranquility if Hashem would have granted him his desire to settle down in peace and in harmony that, than what would be attained only through the painful events of Joseph's sale and the subsequent exile of the, nations of, of the nation of Israel. A peaceful settling down in the Holy Land would be confined to a harmony within Jacob's most immediate environment, but the whole world would have never come to be able to achieve that too. So yes, in Israel, yes, alone there, he would have been able to have it in tranquility, he would have been able to, to live in serenity in the messianic times. But what about the rest of the world? It wouldn't have happened to the rest of the world. And really, Messiah is a product of everybody. Everybody has their share. 
the Jewish people are the light upon the nations, we're the big brothers of the world, we're the ones that, sh that guide the way with our torches and the light we bring, and the rest of the world has to be able to unite to that cause and work also to achieve that eternal peace. It's not, it's not only from us, we are the ones that guide the rest of the world, but the rest of the world has also has to evolve and also has to change. So this is what it's telling us here. It's telling us that a peaceful settling down in the Holy Land would be confined to a harmony within Jacob's most immediate environment. Elements outside of this sacred domain would remain excluded, hostile, and undeveloped. So does the trouble of Joseph, which is that the brothers sold him into slavery, that befell Jacob, who thought he was killed, he didn't know the, what the brothers had done to him, he thought he had been killed, uh, was actually the next step in the realization of the peace he desired. So for him to be able to get to that peace that he so much dreamt of, there was a whole story that had to unfold, that is still unfolding till today. We're here in this world, we're still here, and we have all this anti-Semitism coming towards us, and we have all this craziness, the world is a balagan, is out of, out of um, its mind, but in reality, it's, it's, the, it's the story. This is the story of it. This is we're all in the process of being able to elevate the world, connect the material to the spiritual, make these unions of the fragmented material world with the spiritual world, and that's our job. And so Joseph's descent into Egypt, the lowliest and most debased of cultures, because Egypt at that time was like horrendous, like it was debased, there was no moral, uh, values, people were doing whatever, like if we think we live in a crazy world, Egypt was much more, much more crazier than what we live in today. And his rise from slavery to become ruler and master of, of the land enabled Jacob and his family to extend their influence even to this most vile of environments. So by, jo by Joseph being sold into slavery, coming down to Egypt, being sold to Potiphar, then being sent to a jail. And we read throughout the whole parasha how he was a light wherever he went. At the end, he becomes the viceroy of Egypt and he saves the whole world from famine. So in a more universal sense, Joseph's descent into Egypt commands the Egyptian Galut and the prototype and forerunner of all subsequent exiles of Israel. So this was our first exile, Egypt. And it, it is in this arena of Galut, of, of exile, where Israel's global historical, historical calling is, um, is realized. And because we had to be slaves, we had to be slaves to be able to connect to Hashem, to be able to serve Him, to understand what it means to be a person that is oppressed. And that way the Jewish people will not oppress other people because we know what it means. So, few, so this is also explains the meaning behind Jacob's words to Pharaoh some 22 years later when he finally reunites with his son Joseph when there's famine in the land of Canaan and famine all around the world and, and Joseph is the viceroy of Egypt and he's feeding the whole world. The brothers come down to Egypt and finally the father meets again with his son. And so when he meets with him, 
and, uh, and he's reunited with him in Egypt and the, the later presented his father to Pharaoh. Joseph introduces uh, Jacob to Pharaoh. Pharaoh asks Jacob, how many are the years of your life? Because he sees he looks like so old. And he says to him, the years of my sojourning are 130. Few and deficient have been the years of my life, and they have not attained the days of the lives of my fathers. So what did he mean with this? He lived 130 years, yet he felt he had not been able to accomplish what his father and his grandfather had done. So we see that in the in the in God that in the in the lives of, uh, of, 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 the, of, of the father and the grandfather, uh, his grandfather Abraham, he grew old when he died. It says he grew old and came into his days. As the close of his life, his days were fulfilled with the fruit of his labors. When Abraham passes away, it's like he lived this successful life. He was fulfilled, he produced, he did everything he had to do, and he left the world accomplished. Then his father, Isaac too, it says, lived a fulfilled life, the life of a perfect offering. But by my own days, says Jacob, have not attended days of the lives of my fathers. So he felt that Abraham had been successful in his life. He had been able to achieve what he had to achieve. Isaac was a sacrifice to Hashem. He lived as, uh, as a sacrifice. He had lived a life of purpose and meaning. They, they both were able to fulfill the reason for which they were created. But in contrast to my fathers, he says to Pharaoh, uh, my life is but an opening chapter in a process that spans history. So what he's saying is that yes, he lived 130 years, but he was not able to achieve what he needed to achieve. He just opened the door for us to continue the legacy of the Jewish people in fulfilling the, 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 the ultimate redemption with the coming of Messiah. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.